Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? kids we are back this is hanging with d's i am d's and with me once again we have hunter what's going on guys well i'll tell you what's going on i'm uh i'm feeling a little less than optimistic after the news of the day with uh major league baseball um sure if you are a sports fan you have heard at least something about what is going on um, basically, obviously, the season opened on Thursday, and we had our first full weekend of games. And lo and behold, it started to break, I guess, late Sunday night. But um, by the time I got up Monday morning, we had, what was it, four? Four, yep. Four players with the Marlins um, came back positive for the dreaded COVID-19. And I, I wasn't feeling so bad about that, you know. Four players, yeah, that that may be bad, but of course, my first initial thought was, if four have it, there's probably more. Exactly. Yeah, and I think we touched on that just last week. It's like, what line are they going to draw at what point? And that's what I worry about now. Yeah, and, and four would have, like I said, wouldn't have been so bad. But then, as the day went on, it came out that now there are uh, eight more players. Correct. Bringing the total number of players to 12 and two of the bench coaches. So 14 people in the organization tested positive and they played in Philly this weekend. So they obviously, they didn't go home. They're, they're still in Philly and subsequently uh, MLB canceled the Marlins home opener against the Orioles. Orioles yep. it? Yeah. And, um, so because of that, the Yankees were supposed to play in Philly tonight, and that game has also been postponed because they don't know if it's still lingering in the uh, the Phillies clubhouse or whatever. So at, at this point, everybody's kind of holding their breath. Um, I know the, the Cubs are in Cincinnati, and there was speculation that they might uh, – postpone that game because I apparently a few people in Cincinnati missed games this weekend due to illness, but no news has come out as far as any positive tests there. But I guess the big question is at what point do we see the showstopper? Yeah. Like I said, yeah, we touched on this a few weeks ago. I mean, if you look back to when all this happened, it all seemed like it happened that one night with the NBA, two guys got it. And from then it was like no sports. Right. So, I mean, with the numbers we got now, that that's the question. At what point do we just come to a stop? And, and like I was saying uh, before we, we had our little pre-show meeting, I think the big thing is going to come when we find out what happens in Philly. If, if a bunch of Philly players start testing positive, not good. Yeah. Then I think the dominoes are going to start to fall. And uh, one one smart thing that MLB did with this shortened season is they broke it into regions. So you've got the East, the Central, and the West. And even though there's interleague play, like the the, uh, the Yankees playing Philly tonight, that's all you're going to get is those East Coast teams playing East Coast teams, yeah. Central teams playing Central teams, West playing West. So if there is an outbreak that expands beyond the, the Marlins, um, they, they can at least keep it contained to a region. But then, I mean, then what do you do? I mean, we talked we talked about the NBA and asterisks. Are we going to do that? At this point, we're just going to say the last team to have an outbreak is the World <laughs> Series champion. Right. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's not like you can cut it down to region. I mean, you can't just stop playing in that region, right? I mean, that wouldn't be fair. No, it wouldn't. And, uh, Nor I, would it I make sense. I don't think they will do that. No. 
Um, and in the deal that they worked out or whatever the stipulations, uh, Rob Manfred has the power to either suspend or just outright cancel baseball season this year if it gets bad. And we're not off to a good start. Well, and at this point, I don't think postponing is really an option either. I mean, no, I mean, at this, yeah, if you postpone now, we're already going into a foot of August, snow. Yeah, we're we're going into August now, so yeah, it's it's just not going to work out. And baseball, they can't do a bubble. It's just not physically possible. Nope, not in their current format the simple fact that you have to play so many games and there's series against teams. It's just, it's not going to be logical. Um, NFL, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute, but let's just go on for a second here and, and pretend that baseball is going to continue on. Um, the other thing that kind of struck me as odd or not, I guess not really odd because they didn't really have a true um, spring training. I mean, it was kind of, they had one back in February for a little while before all this broke, and then they had a kind of a short one. But the thing that really kind of opened my eyes this weekend is the pitchers dropping like flies. See, I, I could have swore I brought that up to you because I, I was just talking to one of my buddies about that a few weeks ago, and that was one of my main concerns, especially for a pitcher. I mean, your arm is in such a just a regimen and routine that, I mean, any slight difference to that is going to mess it up. Yeah, I mean, but then you look at – Kyle Hendricks, I mean, opening well, yeah, day. He was oh my god, masterful! Wow, the first shutout for a Cubs pitcher since 1974, and yeah, he was just on the money. Yeah. The professor was definitely holding class. Yeah, that was um, historic for sure. But I mean, you look at we got some big names. Um, we have Arias from the Marlins, who was the first big name that came out that tested positive. So he was and. He was scratched, uh, was it Sunday night? Yeah, Sunday night. Sunday yep. night, he was supposed to start, and he was scratched, and they didn't really say why. But, of course, we now found out why. Um, Corey Kluber, they're saying, is out up to four weeks, maybe more. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was a scratch because of stiff back. And Justin Verlander was a – well, actually, he pitched and didn't pitch bad. No, no. But they're saying – uh, discomfort in his forearm or a forearm strain. Yeah. And everything that I'm reading and you, you would know this better than me having a been a pitcher and B you're the baseball fan of the two of us or, or more of the baseball fan. Typically when they say that he's, he's got a forearm issue, that means what Tommy John or, or an elbow. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, there's something with the elbow because right. all those ligaments in the elbow run straight to the muscles in the forearm. So if your forearm's sore, yeah. it's probably not your actual forearm. It's probably a ligament thing in the oh, elbow. No, and, it's a lingering effect. Exa- yeah. Exactly what it is, yep. And and they're being pretty mum on it right now. I think they're cautiously optimistic. They're going to give him, I think, a couple weeks rest and see how it goes, but that, that just doesn't look good. He won't see the field this year. You don't think? No way. Wow. I, I don't know why you would. I mean, like, I, I think I touched on it at one point the whole Jordan Hicks thing with St. Louis um, last year was supposed to be a big, big relief pitcher for us throwing over a hundred miles an hour. And then last year I had to have Tommy John. He was scheduled to be back this year. Everything would be fine, but with shortened season, everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look what they did with um, Strasburg. Yeah. You know, exactly. they, they shut him down and he was gone. Wasn't it over a year? Yeah. It was like 14 months or something like that. And, and then I mean, when they did bring him back, they still kept him on a strict. Oh, a big name like that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. A very strict yeah. Uh, pitch count to the point where they were at, I believe they were in a playoff race and they yeah. still, when no. they shut him down, like we're not taking right. a chance and it worked because he's still there yeah. and he's still a fairly dominant pitcher. Um, so yeah, if, if there's anything in that elbow with Verlander, I mean, the kind of money he makes and, and just the, the gamer that he is, you you can't risk it. I oh, mean, not, not for a season. I mean, any just one single season, especially a season like this. I right. Mean, and, and, you know, the Dodgers, they might be in trouble too if, if Kershaw struggles and we already know Price is out. Right. You know, yeah. the, they would have had a, just a potentially dominant rotation. And now two of their prospected top guns are, are one's out for the year. We know that. And we don't know really what's going to happen with Kershaw. Maybe it is just a sore back. You know, he's he's got to get back into game shape. But if that turns into something big, and with a back 
that that's also a pretty big injury for a pitcher. Oh, absolutely. Yep. So. Oh, and I mean, they talk so highly on that Dodgers lineup now with Mookie Betts. So yeah, and, let's and they see. Just, they just yeah, they better put up some runs because their pitching might be struggling for a little while. And with the contract that Betts just signed, he he better come out on fire. Right. All right. So yeah, I mean, we're, we're cautiously optimistic, just like everybody else, and and hoping that they've got this thing contained and we can continue to see baseball because like I said, there's the big difference between the NBA being in the bubble and, and major league baseball has to travel to the point where like Toronto wouldn't even let the blue Jays. And it actually wouldn't, wasn't that they wouldn't allow the blue Jays to play there. They didn't want the American teams, you know, coming in day after day. Do you blame them? (laughs) No, at this point, no, you can't. I mean, Look, I I'll save my my COVID rants for yeah. for Eldonzo and D's, and if you want to know what I think about it, hop on over there. I still think it's a bit overblown, but um, I guess it, it would be wise to at least tread cautiously. Not so much because I'm worried for the lives of these athletes, because look, I don't think any professional athlete is is gonna die from COVID. They're typically in pretty good shape. It's their families that that are the big concern. Exactly. Um, all right, well, we'll move on to the NFL now. Um, got, got actually quite a few stories coming out of the NFL. The, the biggest is that they did reach an agreement. Um, and it's not anything to do with the CBA, but basically they just had to get all these COVID things put in place. And a couple of the major sticking points, uh, have been worked out. They haven't really released all of the details, but a couple of the big ones that they did talk about was basically there's going to be an IR for players that test positive. And basically what that means is if you have a player that tests positive, they can put him on this COVID IR for, I think it was up to two weeks or, yeah. um, and that who knows, it might stretch a little longer, but they get to promote somebody from the practice squad. And when the player comes back, they can just immediately put the replacement player back on the practice squad, which is different with how the regular uh, practice squad and IR works. You have to release a player, and then I think 24 hours later you can uh, re-sign him to your practice squad. But he becomes basically a free agent, and somebody could snatch him up, especially if he performs well. If he plays at all, I mean, he's still practice squad. Um, and they also basically set some guidelines, um, basically saying that you look if you can't go out to large gatherings or nightclubs, things like that, without. Uh, express written permission or you can be put on the uh, non-football injury list if you have to quarantine or whatever and and basically that just gives the NFL team the chance to not pay a player and I gotta think that that's kind of a motivating factor because exactly if I'm a team owner or GM or whatever and one of my players does something like this you're not getting paid oh absolutely you are putting The season, the team, the team's families. I mean, you're putting all those people at risk just so you could go out and, you know, exactly. ha- have yeah. some wings at a strip club, <laughs> which we'll we'll get to here in a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's encouraging. But, again, cautiously optimistic given what we're seeing right now in baseball because, I mean, baseball is not an in-your-face contact sport, and football is. Exactly. So, it, it all hinges on what the MLB does here, uh, the week and two weeks moving forward. Now, if they shut down the MLB I still, within the next few weeks, I don't see the NFL starting. I don't know. I still think they'll try. I really do. Uh, they might have to get strict or whatever, but I still think they'll at least try it. I, maybe not. I guess it, we'll see. I mean, if it gets really bad in MLB, then I would probably agree with yeah. you. But if it doesn't get – too bad and we have a few here and there i mean the nfl is basically they've already admitted that there's going to be positive tests oh yeah i mean you you can't avoid that no yeah it's gonna happen i mean it's but is it gonna be a major outbreak like what we're seeing with with florida i mean in the nfl if you have you know 10 guys test positive that's it's big but it's not as big as in baseball yeah you don't 12, carry 53 people exactly 12 players on your team that is a, a, a yeah. third of your roster <laughs> although well i think now through covid i think don't they get to carry 40 yeah yeah okay so Extra. still a quarter of your roster is is now tested positive so 
we'll see how that goes. Uh, the other big news in the past week, Jamal Adams, the uh, stud safety for the Jets, um, basically talked his way out of it and, and got traded to the Seattle Seahawks. And I got to tell you, this trade, in my eyes, I think the Jets have just absolutely fleeced the, the Seahawks because two first-rounders and a third for a, a fourth-round pick. Yeah, yep. And um, who's the player that they got? Um, I don't even no see one it now. No special, but, yeah. But, yeah, it was nobody major. Oh, uh, Bradley McDougal. That's yeah. who it was. And the, the fourth-round pick of, of next year, not even the, the this coming draft, the next one. Um, so, yeah, and being a Steeler fan, I, I have to compare the two. Um, Pittsburgh got Mika Fitzpatrick for one first-round pick, and I think, was it just the one pick? Or I think no, it might have been a, a first later, and a fourth. Yeah, there was, it was a later-round pick, yeah. Maybe it was, and, and we got back a fifth and a seventh, yeah. something like that. Anyway, it wasn't nearly the cost that, that the Jets got out of Seattle, two first-round picks. And I, a lot of people are like, well, Jamal Adams is, you know, two-time pro bowler, and but he's also been in the league longer. If Look, if you tell me I can have Jamal Adams with only, what, two years left on his contract, I believe, who's already got three years under his belt, or Minka Fitzpatrick, who's only played two years and has three years left on his contract, for much cheaper, because the reason Jamal Adams left the Jets because he wanted to get paid. Exactly. So that already tells you what yeah. kind of problems yeah. Seattle flag, is going to have. Red flag, yeah. red flag, yep. And, and, and Mika might want to get paid too, but again, given a choice, if I can give away two firsts for, for Jamal or one first for Minka, I'm going to take Minka. Right. I mean, and, he, he stepped right in and proved to be a playmaker. I mean, oh, and if you remember back to last year when that trade went down, some Steeler fans I was seeing, I mean, just beside themselves that we gave up a first round pick. Yeah, and I was and, ecstatic. Yeah, I mean, right. that's a that's a playmaker. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You that, don't know what you're going to get with those first round picks. Now the, the Jets get two of them, but they might be. I mean, Seattle is going to be a good team, so those first round picks are probably going to be from twenty to thirty, right? Close to a second round, yeah, right. early second round, and. Granted, the pick that we gave up to Miami ended up being, was it 19? It was a lot later than they were anticipating, remember? Because we were, what, 0-3 at that point. Yeah, we we won some games, almost made the playoffs. I think it was like 19 or 20, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, for a player like Minka Fitzpatrick, as long as he stays healthy, I would pay that price every year if I could get a stud like Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So we'll see how it works out. I mean, Seattle, I mean... Take nothing away from Jamal Adams. He is a great safety, one of, if not um, the best young safety. Uh, again, I would still take Minka. One of the hardest hitters, too. Yeah, for he, sure. Definitely. So we'll see how it works out. And, and what the Jets end up turning those first round picks into is going to be basically the, the telltale. Um, they, they could absolutely botch those and, right. and yeah. then Seattle's the big winner, or they could end up getting two Hall of Famers. Um, back-to-back years really so we'll see how that works out i tell you what my first thought on that was Le'Veon bell well did you see what Le'Veon bell said yeah right yeah yeah he called him out basically said you know yeah you wanted me here so bad you yeah yeah even as much as a couple months ago jamal adams was basically saying no i'm jet for life and and then ended up talking himself right out which brings me like we are seeing this more and more now with players basically working their way out of a situation that they don't want to be in, whether it's over money or a dispute with a coach. I give you Antonio Brown. Oh, right. Um, I mean, there's, I could probably pull up five or six names just in the last couple of years of players that had two or three years left on their contract and basically just acted out until the team shipped them away somewhere. And now for, for the jets, I mean, I don't really get it, I guess. I mean, I don't think they're as far away from being good as some people look. I mean, you got Donald that, I mean. Yeah, Sam Darnold, I I don't think he's going to be a world beater, but he looks like he's going to be a a quality quarterback. You got Le'Veon Bell, who, despite having a bad year last year, 
because he didn't have a decent quarterback for most of the year, and his offensive line yeah. was nowhere near what he had in Pittsburgh. So the, the pieces are there. Um, and, and now they'll have these two first-round picks. Well, So maybe that was that was probably their thought process. It's like, let's get these two picks and... Yeah, they the Jets look if they do this right, they could be a, a serious contender. Well, that's what scares in, me though. In two to three years, yeah, <laughs> it'll be the Jets that yeah that have to draft, and that's that's a scary thought. And, yeah. You know, and New England say what you want, their time is running out. I mean, oh yeah, I mean they got Cam Newton. We'll see how that goes, but still, Belichick he's no spring chicken. I don't see him sticking around a whole lot longer. We already know that there's conflict between him and. Um, Robert Kraft, Kraft. Yeah, Robert Kraft, yeah. You know, so, and now with Brady gone, you know, I think Brady might have kind of been that buffer between the two. Oh, absolutely. I think, I mean, if Belichick doesn't do what he's always done, which is win and win a lot, I could see Kraft. It was Brady it. doing you know, the winning, Yeah, hey, see, I was right. You ran my guy out of town. Now get the hell out of here. So we'll see. Um, like I said, I'm just kind of disturbed by this trend of players being able to just work their way out of it out of a contract to go somewhere else um but that's look that's the that's the time we live in now if you're not happy just piss and moan and stomp your feet until a team trades you and and another thing too like i was saying with the jets and not being that great but on the cups cusp of being good but you're in new york i mean it's not like the atmosphere is i mean you could be in a worse city right oh absolutely yeah i mean you know you're not it's not like they're in Green Bay, or, exactly. You know, yeah, the, a team that or a location, I guess I should say, that just sucks. Yeah. Um, sorry, Packer fans, but yeah. look, <laughs> I've been to Green Bay. Yeah, that thought crossed my mind. Great like, eh. fans, look for, for football, it's great, but these young NFL players that you know, let's be honest, they want to be in an exciting environment outside of football, and Green Bay is not that at all. So we'll see how that goes. Um, other NFL news, something I honestly never thought I would read, and that's Alex Smith has been cleared for basically anything, but more importantly, he's, he's cleared for football, full contact and everything. I never thought I'd see it. Did you? Uh, no, I think we touched on it. Uh, yeah, in the in the pre-show that uh, E60 on it. Oh, I mean, if yeah. You, if, I mean, if that... you've seen a picture of that leg. I mean, you would think he shouldn't have a leg right now. Yeah, it just, it was so, it was, for one, it was grotesque, but just the atrophy. Yeah, it was it, like 18 different colors. And, oh. Yeah, I mean, for those, if you didn't really follow, okay, he basically got Joe Theismann, where his leg got snapped um, below the knee, bone literally shot out the side of his leg. It was gruesome. It was, it was basically the same injury that ended Joe Theismann's career. Um but technology obviously has, has come a long way. But still, you're a quarterback, and, and he's kind of a scrambler. You know, he was a scrambler. Was, yeah, I guess it I was. was you got the that key in your word mind. There. He kind of was a scrambler. I don't see him scrambling anytime, anytime soon. But, you know, I just never would have thought that he'd be back, much less back in, what's it been, a year and a half? Yeah, now, yeah, now it would be about a year and a half, yeah, because it was early. Yeah, he missed half a season and then the whole season – so, yeah, it'd be basically a year and a half. And like you said, that E60, I, he's lucky to, that he can even walk again because at one point they were talking amputation. Oh, yeah, no, him that, and his wife were debating. I mean, yeah, that, that infection got so bad that he had two choices. They could try all these skin grafts and antibiotics and everything to treat it and, and hopefully defeat the infection, or they could just avoid all the surgeries and everything and cut it off. Yeah, because the infection was in his bloodstream. Like, yeah, to the point it almost organs. killed him. It wasn't just that he almost lost his leg. It literally could have killed him because it was in his blood. And he, you got to risk it for the biscuit, I and guess. he did. And now, I mean, he could be out snowboarding right now, according to the doctor. So be interesting to see how Washington football team, which <laughs> – yeah, that works him back to. into it. But yeah, and, and that's the other breaking news, which I'm sure by now everybody's heard that. Washington Redskins will now be called the Washington football team. That's just going <laughs> to roll exciting. right off the tongue yeah. on Sundays, right? <laughs> so yeah, apparently they couldn't put together a presentation or contest or whatever. However, they're going to handle renaming the team. Didn't want to mess with it this year. 
course, they probably got a little more on their plate than they bargained for this year yeah. with the uh, the allegations and everything. Dan Snyder, if he's not a drinker, he is now. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He is chugging Jack Daniels because yeah. uh, they haven't even started training camp yet, which they do tomorrow. They do. They sure do. I, I would play the Hallelujah music right now, but again, with what's going on with baseball, I'm yeah. kind of like, yeah, bated breath here, like yeah, just waiting. Wait. Um, I, I hope with all hope, like I can live without baseball. I want baseball. I, I'd like to see it, especially in the format that it's in now, because like you know, we it's playoff baseball. Oh yeah, every 60 game, game season, every single game matters, and you go on a streak, you're done. Losing streak, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's it's almost like this is, well, it's like it's September. Oh yeah, for for baseball, we're in the the final stretch right now of the baseball season, so it's it's actually exciting baseball. But if they take that away, I could live with it, but not football. If if I have to go an entire another year without sports, let alone football, Ooh. yeah. And, and oddly, we really we haven't seen or heard that I have anyway. Maybe you have. I haven't heard anything about college. No, me either. I mean, other than what we touched on, I think, a few weeks ago, like yeah, how I mean, they would. The one thing I did see was that it looks like Notre Dame is going to be able to compete for the ACC title, which could put them into the playoff picture if there is one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, we had all that news uh, a couple weeks ago, and I thought that news would just be coming left and right, but – it's pretty much been like church mouse with the NCAA. They, nobody's really come forward um, with any new news as far as football season. And you got to think that they should be starting up camp here real soon too. Right. Yeah. And I was thinking maybe they're waiting to see what the NFL does, like piggyback off what they do. So if something goes bad, it's like, Oh, well, you know, the NFL did it too. So, right. But I I, honestly, I think that the uh, NCAA has more of a problem than the NFL. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, I believe so they've too. kind of eliminated a little bit of it with no out of conference games for the the Power Five conferences, which we kind of thought was going to happen. Um, although I don't think all of the conferences have announced it yet. No, no. Um, but they they have bigger rosters, and you know, so they have more of a problem than the NFL. Now we talked about the NBA bubble and MLB; it could never work. No, definitely not football. You could kind of do something because you yeah, don't you play play. every single day the way they do in the NBA and MLB or at least every other day. You have one game a week. Now, can they turn this around in a week and figure it out? No, but I think that there is something that could be worked out to where you know teams, and I don't even know how you would do it, but – you could at least sanitize a stadium or locker room. You don't really need to sanitize stadium. They're not going to have fans. But you can sanitize locker rooms and make them safer than, well, like I said, with MLB. It's one team's out one day and the next team's there the next. You don't have that with NFL. So I wouldn't say it necessarily could be a bubble like the NBA has, but I think they could do something closer than what the MLB could pull off. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. May, I'm just wishful thinking and talking out my ass. But uh, look, Roger, give me a call, man. Let's work this yeah, out. Let's yeah. just, I, I need my fucking football, bro. Yeah, don't do that to me, please. Yeah. So uh, I guess now, uh, real quick, hockey, um, that's so far full steam ahead. They tested in between July, I want to say 15th and the 24th, over 4,200 and some tests. Not a single positive. That's good. That's yeah. That's awesome. Um, and they're not really doing a bubble either, but they're doing something closer to the MLB or the NBA than they are the MLB. Um, so yeah, I guess if they didn't, here's my question about hockey though. They're not allowing American baseball teams into Canada. That's a very good point. Are yeah. they going to allow American hockey teams? Because Half the league. Exactly. Right. Or yeah. more than half the league. I mean, Canada's still got, what is it, eight franchises, maybe 10? I don't know. I, I'd have to look at the list, but there's still a lot of American teams. And 
I mean, they don't. I don't think they're doing the whole league either. They're kind of like the, the the NBA where they've basically yeah. broken it up yeah. into um, just a playoff format. I'm not sure they're even having a a season. Are they? I think they're doing kind of a a round robin elimination yeah, until I know they get down definitely. to a certain number, and then they go into their traditional playoff series. So if they shorten the amount of teams that are going to be involved, then they can kind of get everybody in a bubble situation. But be interesting to see how that goes. Um, NBA news. The New York Knicks, who are not involved in the bubble, and thankfully nothing ever came out of that uh, Chicago eight-team losing bubble that they were talking yeah, about. And pointless. I didn't, yeah. yeah, there was no need to do that. You're putting unnecessary risk on those teams for nothing. I mean, just have the lottery and tell them who yeah. picks in the draft. and you ain't first or last. Yeah, right? say, save their, uh, their strength and energy for next season. But the Knicks have hired Tom Thibodeau to be a coach. I believe he signed a five-year contract. And look, as living in central Illinois, I, I like Tom Thibodeau. He's a good coach. But he's he's a hard nosed and he's defense and you know there's no run and gun with Tom Thibodeau. It's you play physical, you play defense, you lock them up, and you just you beat them into submission. And that worked very very well with those Bulls teams that he had. He had you know Boozer, Noah, yeah. and Boozer, and uh, Derrick Rose was that tough gritty type until his knee yeah. exploded, and. I just don't see Thibodeau's style really working not only in the NBA anymore because other than Popovich in San Antonio, who's been there forever and kind of grandfathered in, that's not that, that it just isn't the NBA these days. No, it's, it's kind of like the NFL, the whole passing more thing that well, you want more excitement. And, yeah. And you know, it's kind of like the run and shoot or, or exactly. Well, I mean, Hell, that was kind of the beginnings of what we're seeing in the NFL today. But, yeah, Thibodeau, he's that in, – in NFL terms, he's that three yards in a cloud of dust and exactly. then, then play solid defense. And especially in New York. New York is a brutal market, and they eat coaches up. I mean, Phil Jackson <laughs> yeah. couldn't win in New York, and he could not get New York to buy into his system that produced 12 championships. Yep. And, and – he basically got run out of there. So uh, I don't think Tom Thibodeau has a chance to, to succeed in New York um, unless they do a, a major roster overhaul. And Jimmy Dolan has proven to be kind of a dick. Yeah. And, sure and I just, I don't see that working out there for them. And uh, speaking of the NBA bubble, uh, we have to touch on this. Lou Williams, who is a 12- or 14-year player um, with the Clippers, well, he is now on – has to serve a 10-game – Yeah, 10-game, yep. – quarantine, which is funny because, uh, you know, we talked about Zion Williamson took a break and went home uh, for a family matter. They gave him an excused absence, and he just ended up getting a – Four game, or not four game, I'm sorry, four day quarantine. And I think he's got a test every day during that. So, um, but yeah. So Lou Williams gets an excused absence. I, I don't know what the exact uh, reason for that. It was something. It was a family thing, yeah, too. Fam he said, family yeah. thing. Yep. And all of a sudden, a rapper by the name of Jack Harlow posts on his Instagram a picture of him and old sweet Lou. And I say sweet Lou because uh, I actually I actually played against Lou Williams literally like two days before um, before all this broke on yeah. NBA 2K. Oh, okay. he was in the neighborhood and he was playing threes and we busted his ass. <laughs> That's awesome. I think the score was 21 to 13. And immediately after the game, he disappeared. He, he quit out of the park. He went somewhere else. <laughs> I'm but taking yeah. my ball. I don't want to play yep, no more. Yep. <laughs> So, yeah, Sweet Lou got his sweet ass busted. Anyway, so this picture pops up of Lou Williams and Jack Harlow in a strip club called Magic City in Atlanta. Apparently, this place is pretty famous. Um, and, and, I mean, strip clubs in Atlanta are pretty famous. They, they've made the news quite frequently. 
um, especially for NFL DBs carrying guns. <laughs> what was that? Pow, Pac-Man. Yeah, yep. Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this picture gets put up on Instagram, and immediately people blow up, lose their mind, and it gets deleted within hours. And this Jack Harlow makes another post and basically says, look, um, that's an old picture of, of me and Lou. I was just reminiscing, and I missed the guy. Although there was one problem with said picture, and that is that in the picture, Lou Williams is still wearing the mask that the NBA gave out while he's in the strip club. Wow. Just wow. So, I mean, Cat Williams, what do you have to say? Right, like, yeah, he gets he's just an old picture, but he's literally wearing the masks that were only given out to players when they got into the bubble. Yeah, and I don't even care if it's that exact mask, it could be one of those that you see everybody wear the blue ones that you get out of the doctor's office. Why would yeah, you be why, wearing why a mask? Why would you be wearing a mask if it's an old picture? I mean, how old is it? Was it like, yeah, March or what? <laughs> but and, and of course, Lou's trying to play it off that it's no big deal, but I mean, it kind of is because granted. From what I gather and and what I'm reading, like it wasn't late at night, the the club wasn't completely packed, and and supposedly there were there weren't even strippers there. They were serving food. Sounds like we need to go to Magic City and try these wings because I'll put my wings up against just about anybody. So uh, I might have to check this place out sometime. So yeah, it's just you know, it's just irresponsible, for me. right? I mean, Kendrick Perkins even uh, tweeted something about how it was irresponsible and dumb, and and then Lou Williams got kind of clapped back at him, saying that he's been in the league 14 years and there weren't entertainers there, and you know, basically threatened that if he saw Perk at, in the public, he was going to do something. Like, come on, you guys are no, you know damn well you're in the fault there. Like, what yeah, are you doing? You were wrong. You know, you were absolutely wrong. So. We'll see how that plays out. He's got to serve that 10-day quarantine, and he's going to miss games because they start this week, right? Yeah, not to mention, I mean, does he get a suspension following that too? I mean, if, if it's up to me, I would almost. Like, yeah, Doc Rivers is kind of playing it cool. Like, you know, he didn't know all the details of it, but I think, yeah, I think at least, you know, a two or three game suspension without pay just because, you know, what the hell are you doing? Like I said, yeah, no. I mean, you said you had a family thing. I trusted you. I let you go. And here you are, just kicking it out of strip club. Right, yeah. Now, find your spot on the bench there, bud. Yeah, so so we'll see how that goes. And, and like I said, NBA is starting, I think it's next weekend or this weekend coming up. Yeah, or, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, Friday or whatever it is. So we'll see how that goes. But, again, um, everybody's just kind of watching – MLB now and, and waiting to see what the hell is going to happen with that. Uh, do you have anything else in the sports world? Uh, no, not much, man. I mean, I think we covered just about everything. I mean, All right. Well, we are going to take just a quick break and I'm going to come back with another edition of true stories of a strip club. DJ going to talk about miss nude USA and uh, also kind of jump in the Wayback machine and, and talk about one of my stories. So we'll be back. Stick around. Hanging with D's will be right back after they drain the main vein. Now might be a good time to do that thing you've been putting off while listening to this godforsaken show. And now it's time for true stories of a strip club DJ. With chicks and guns and fire trucks and hookers and drugs and booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah! All the things that make life worth living for. Ah! All right, and we are back. Hanging with D's uh, here with Hunter and... You heard what the lady said. Time now for yet another fantastic edition of True Stories of a Trip Club DJ. Got a couple things to talk about. First, uh, Hunter was dying to know, and, and I'm sure if you listen, you might be too. Um, as I said here last week, um, I got the opportunity to judge the Miss Nude United States contest that was held um, right near us in good old Peoria, Illinois at Lux Show Club. If you're in the area and that's your kind of thing, highly recommend it. Great club. Um, it was my first time actually being in the club while it was open. Um, I did take a little tour. We went and visited before uh, 
the bars were allowed to allow people inside. Um, they had a beer garden open, but uh, I knew the uh, one of the owners, the lovely Miss Bambi Wild, Miss Nude Universe, and was the current Miss Nude USA as well. Uh, gave us a little tour, great club, and we went there Friday night. It was for the finals, and the place was packed. Um, she sat us in the VIP section because you know that's how I roll. Right, uh, bottle service, all the that good only stuff. way you roll, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> my bank doesn't like it, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, so yeah, they had um, they had a poll competition which we weren't judges of because. I mean, let's be honest. We don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, it all looks impressive to me. If they could, I mean, I can't climb my fat ass up yeah. that pole. So, just seeing the ladies that can do that impressed me. Um, but they had some pretty talented people doing that as well. And then they had um, four contestants that are basically called newcomers. Um, they haven't been in the industry very long. Um, and then they had five finalists that are what they call the master class. These are girls that have toured for um, several years and put on this fancy show and everything. Uh, <clears throat> the newcomer class, I mean, I was impressed with some of the ladies on that. There was a girl who's actually a local girl named uh, Tattoo Barbie. And, I mean, when you hear Tattoo Barbie, what what do you picture? You know, somebody that looks like Barbie with covered in tats. And that's what she was. Like, she was like, Barbie goes badass. And she was phenomenal on the pole. She put on a really good show. She come out in big, colorful outfit and was just cheery. And, and it was a great show. Um, she wasn't my personal fave just because um, I didn't. Uh, how should I put this? She's super. Uh, she's hot. But I like a little bit more in the upper area. You know, I, I like big titties is what I'm saying. And she didn't have that. Um, I gave her very high scores, but I still, there was another girl that I liked better, gave her slightly higher scores. But anyway, Tattoo Barbie ended up winning, and she did deserve it because she was just fantastic in her show, um, great on the pole. And then we got to the master class, and they had some really cool shows. One girl came out and sang, and I mean, this girl could have been on like America's Got Talent. She sang like I don't know, 25, 30 seconds of a, a an old song. It was kind of a burlesque style show. And then she was good on the pole and, and very good show. And then this one girl uh, named Shay Lynn, who has won some uh, contests around the country. And, and she's like a country girl, but just had, to me, had the total package of looks and um, attitude. Uh, good show, good on the pole. And my mind was pretty much made up that that's who I was voting for. And then the last girl came out. Yeah, save the best for last, right? I, well, apparently they were, because uh, this entertainer by the name of Angel Bo, and she's all tatted up to uh, super hot. She comes out in like a fireman's outfit, sirens going, and wow. did some literally did some fire tricks. She took the, the big trench coat off, and she had like a red light-up. They look like, you know, sirens. Yeah. Light-up bikini for that. And uh, like I said, she did. She was slinging the the fire things and even kind of running fire up and down parts of her body and blowing it out. And that was cool. And then she put on this steel chest plate hmm. and had two big sparklers, you know, sticking out where the old nips would be. Right. And that was neat. And then all of a sudden, she grabs this four inch angle grinder. Are you familiar with a four-inch angle grinder? Sure am, yeah. Yeah, me too. I work with them every single day, and I'm like, okay, what's going to happen here? And one of the guys there was like, watch this shit, because he apparently had seen the show. So she starts running this grinder up and down the steel plate, and sparks are flying everywhere. And I thought, that's pretty cool. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. She's not done. So then she takes the chest plate off and gets down butt naked and grabs this I can only imagine it's some kind of steel pipe or whatever. And she's holding the pipe and holding the, the grinder literally right close to her body and sparks are flying and she's doing it in her mouth. Wow. I mean, shooting these sparks, the, I'm I shit you not. The grinder was four inches from her face and it looked like she was breathing fire, just shooting them right in her mouth, all the way up and down her body, down her ass put it right on the yeah. old sniz 
And it just it blew me away because I use a four inch angle grinder. I've done it in a machine shop um, out local here for a railroad company. And then I do it at work. I run a four inch grinder all the time. And it, those sparks, they don't burn really so much, but you can feel them. You can sure. feel them. Yeah. yeah they're, I mean, it, they're, it's almost like little bitty pin pricks, but yeah. again, they don't hurt, but that's at a, you know, 12, 18 inch distance. She has that thing right by her face and literally on her mouth, in her mouth to where you ever stuck a flashlight in your mouth. And see, like, your cheeks light right. up red. Yeah. That's what her face looked like. Like, she had that wow. son of a bitch right there. And I was, like, I was blown away. Like, she just won. Well, they are called entertainers. I mean, that's pretty entertaining, if you ask me. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is after the fact, and, and she did win, and, and deservedly show, yeah, yeah, I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> got me all worked up. Yeah. Uh, deservedly so. She won Miss Nude United States, and she got the crown, and... The other girl that I was talking about, Shaylin, got um, Entertainer of the Year, and and deservedly so, because she put on a great show too. But like I said, this Angel Bow, and it, look her up on YouTube. She's got a little trailer on there, and you can kind of see exactly what I was talking about with what she does with this angle grinder. But and and she didn't do this while I was there, but she does a lot of other extreme shit with, like there's a bed of basically sword blades that she lays across. Like she gets into like the extreme. Like I think her, her niche is extreme burlesque and it is extreme. Well, I mean, you got to do something that sets yourself apart. And she definitely like, there's no doubt she did that. And it was just absolutely great show. And we learned while we were there that not only, okay, they just had miss nude USA there, but they're going to have miss nude world there in November. Wow. Yeah, and this was the pageant that the the owner Bambi Wild won last year in Vegas, and now it's coming to little old like I mean compared to Vegas, Peoria, Illinois, in November. Knock on wood that bars are still open in November because you know who knows what the hell's going on with all that. But yeah, so that I I definitely plan to go back for that. But again, I, I talked it up. Um, a few shows ago, if you're in that area and you would like to go check out a really cool strip club that kind of gives you that big city show style atmosphere, check out Lux because it, it was an absolute blast. Um, Bambi and Corey are great hosts, and my intent is to eventually have Bambi on the show. Um, I'm kind of holding off until we go video with this thing, which that also... You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go YouTube or Twitch or whatever, I think the first show probably will be the one that we have with Bambi. Because if anything's gonna pull views, it's gonna be having, you know, one of the most entertaining and hottest and, you know, yeah. exotic dancers in the world. So that's I, uh, that's my game plan anyway. I guess. Quick question. Sure. So with COVID nineteen and everything, mm-hmm. one of my buddies were just talking about this. How does that work at a strip club right now? I mean, there were a couple of uh, customers in there wearing masks. There were a few of the wait staff that were wearing masks. Um, None of the girls that I saw did. Like as far as like ones at the reel? I mean, I don't have to throw hop and roll it up and throw it up. No, no. I mean, it was what you would typically, you know, encounter at a strip club non-pandemic right. i mean i mean as it should i mean if you're yeah. scared of it and the it's... only scary part is is peoria is kind of on un- they're under an alert right now peoria county yeah i saw that yeah. you know that their cases are spiking um i mean they're spiking everywhere including the county that we're in right now but uh out there they're under an alert so who knows what's going to happen with all that so yeah that was uh basically how the old miss nude uh usa contest went great time would definitely do it again if you ever get a chance um to judge something like that, do it because it's not, it isn't the typical strip club experience. Like those girls go all out to put on a good show. It's, it's sexy and hot and all that stuff, but it's also entertaining because you know, they do stuff that you're not going to see on a typical, right. It's like they're, they're super bowl basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they literally, they go all out and that's how, when they win these pageants, that's how they promote themselves 
in order to go and tour all these other clubs across the country. I mean, that's how girls that you see in these pageants and like, you know, when a local strip club will say this week, we've got so-and-so that's how they do it is these girls go out and they make a name for themselves by doing these awesome shows. I mean, some of, sometimes it'll be a porn star that gets really popular and they can just go on tour whenever, but for these girls that aren't in hardcore porn or whatever, and they want to really rake in the money that they basically hit the, the contest circuit, you know, the, and they have, pole dancing and burlesque shows all kinds of different ways that they have these contests but the big ones are obviously you know the miss nude usa miss nude world and so now this angel bow is automatically entered into the miss nude world and then i think they the way they do it is they have qualifying pageants around the country and then they have the big one coming up in november uh to crown the new one so yeah that was that was really cool uh, so <laughs> shifting gears now, uh, like we say in the in- intro, I'm going to talk about some personal stories of mine and th- yeah, this, this will involve, um, use of something I probably shouldn't have. Oh shoot. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look, I'll be honest. I did some things that were, uh, considered illegal and, one of those things that I didn't, it was the door guy basically was like, Hey, is it, you know, you want to try one of these? And I was like, what, what is it? It's like, it's oxy, which like, if you live under a rock, you know what an oxy is. It's a very, very, very powerful painkiller. And I should have known right then that that wasn't a good idea for me because despite all the partying that I have done in my life, I'm a painkiller pussy. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I, back when I was, uh, before I was married, but dating that person, I, I had a really bad stiff neck and, uh, she gave me a couple of her pills cause she had back problems. All right. And not thinking anything of it. I popped a couple of pills and we were going out to dinner at, um, I think it was Lone Star or whatever. Uh, anyway, so I popped a couple of pills and we go to the restaurant, sit down, I'm looking at the menu, I order and then it hits. Like I literally went stupid, like slurring, couldn't hold my head up oh, wow. to the point where we, I mean, we didn't even get our food. I, I think she might've gotten, I, I don't remember if she got it or not, to be honest with you. She had to walk me to the vehicle. That's how fucked up I was. And those were Percocet. Yeah, it, it, that's a lower. Yeah, that's lower than, than 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 oxy. Oh shit! But I had I hadn't eaten, which was one of the problems that night, and, and she gave me two of them, thinking that my stiff neck pain was the same as her like, right? Yeah, ruptured goddamn vertebrae. So yeah, it did not end well for me that night. And that's kind of what happened at the strip club. So this guy gives me the oxy and I take it and, and I had eaten. So I figured I'll be okay. And uh, I'm sitting there and all of a sudden one of the girls comes up and hands me a, a shot and not just a regular shot. I mean like a triple, I think it was a cherry bomb okay. and I just slam it down and I'm sitting there and the glass is still sitting right there at the old DJ booth. And, uh, all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I just start staring off into space, like just looking at nothing. And so the door guy, he kind of looks over at me. He's like, Hey, is you all right? I was like, why? He's like, you're fucked up. Aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I kind of think so. And then he looks down, he sees the glass and he's like, what was that? <laughs> what have you done? Yeah. <laughs> I was like a cherry or a triple cherry bomb. Well, was yeah, it was bomb. a triple cherry bomb. It was empty, and his eyes got real big, and then my eyes got real big. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have drank alcohol. Well, they say not to drink alcohol on any painkillers, right? Let alone. Well, and, and of course, look, rock stars do that shit all the time, but they do that shit all the time. Exactly. Yeah, the immune system is built for that. Yeah, I don't, and I bet it wasn't 
two minutes later, and he's he just, are you okay? You feel all right? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine, man. Don't worry. Oh, I'm sure he was worried sick for you. Yeah, well, yeah, and rightfully so, because I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm just getting ready to announce the next girl on stage, and all of a sudden, I mean in the blink of an eye, cold sweat, flush, oh, like, no. I mean, to the point where you could see it through my my shirt. I was wearing, I think it was a black dress shirt that day with a tie, and it was just in an instant, like, stuck to me because I just broke out into a cold sweat. And at that particular club, the DJ sat basically on the right side, and then there's the aisle way where customers walk first walk into the door, and then the door guy is on the left side. And he's sitting there watching, and he sees the, the sweat just dripping down my face. And he's like, oh, he was like, he goes, this isn't going to end well. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're going to find out. And about the time he said that, I mean, just, I couldn't even stop it if I wanted to. Projectile vomit. Oh, just no. All, <laughs> I didn't get, the funny thing was, it came out so forcefully that I didn't get any of it on me. It all went on the inside wall oh. of, the, of, the, uh, of the, the DJ booth. And it, you know, Remember what I said? I drank. Yeah, cherry bomb. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cherry bomb is very, very red. Ooh. So it just, yeah, it looked like I was a spray bottle. <laughs> like, like t- somebody hit the pump twice. I just blah, blah, twice, and <laughs> the poor guy in the the booth freaking out at this point. Like, well, yeah, he was the one that gave it to you. Yeah, he was like, oh, he's like, do you need me to call somebody? Are you all right? And it was, it was funny because. As bad as I felt the instant before that happened. Oh, you got it out of your system. Probably fine. I right? was, yeah, I was like, I'm good. Dude. Yeah, I'm good now. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I wasn't even high anymore. I was just like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm going to need a towel or two to, to clean this up in here. But yeah, other than that, I'm good. So, yeah. Yeah, that was my experience with Oxys. And um, he's probably won't do that again, huh? Well, yeah, and that was the ongoing joke. Every time he worked, he would, hey, you want an oxy? Hey, go fuck yourself, <laughs> right. buddy. Like, yeah. He's like, well, you're the one that took the drink. I'm like, well, warn somebody. Yeah, yeah exactly. You and I realized y- y- maybe you should, the two should have clicked. That right, painkiller, like, don't drink, but still. You don't. You're handing out drugs. Come you, on. You help just a brother fucking out. handed me a yeah. loaded gun and, yeah. like, no safety or not. Didn't tell me, you know. That's an unwritten rule there. Right. Yeah. Like, give me a fucking heads up. Like, and, and we had di- we talked, and he knew that I, like, I wasn't the pain or the pill popper type, you know, I was then more he into... definitely should have said, Hey, by the way, you know, since we're in a club and they have drinks, let's hold off on yeah. that. Maybe. Although in his defense, technically I wasn't supposed to be drinking in the club, but he also knew me. And right. if I was no, in yeah. the fucking club, yeah. I was probably going to have a drink. So yeah, he dropped the ball there. Yeah. Big time. So kids, let that be a lesson to you. If, if you don't take painkillers on the regular, don't mix them with alcohol, especially something as bad as Oxy is on the first time you take it. And it's kind of like a pot brownie. Maybe just take a little piece of one, like right. a half of yeah. one first and yeah. just see how it goes before you just pop a full one and, and start doing triple shots of fucking cherry bomb. So, yeah. Wow. Good to know. Okay. So that's my story this week. Um, I, again, I, I've got many, many more. I think the next time that I do this, uh, it's time to, to break out the uh, the good old choke out story, which is pretty funny in its own right. Um, I don't think I've heard that one. I either. don't know if you have. I think you have because I, when I tell you about it, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about that's doing it, even though I won't say uh, okay. the, the person's name. But I, I'm pretty sure I told you the story before. But it's a it's definitely a good one. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. Um, we'll probably be back um, later this week with uh, something on the Everything Steelers side. Um, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Ds. That's where you can find all the episodes of Hanging With Ds and all the episodes of Eldonzo and Ds, which we just dropped our new episode yesterday where we talk about uh, Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, Donald Trump, um, and... Biden and basically politics and, and hot button issues going on. If you're into that kind of thing, please uh, check that out. Drop us some, uh, some comments on our Facebook page. And also 
If you're listening to us from the Everything Steelers side, um, we are in the process of coming up with the content for our first show. Still waiting to hear from Steelers gang as far as what's going on with that. Um, There's another show out there in the interwebs that has reached out to me and I think they're going to have us on and basically kind of trade some content back and forth. But uh, that's what we got going on in the works. We're going to keep a close eye on this MLB thing. And, of course, NFL training camp starting tomorrow. Knock on wood that that everything kind of settles down and they get this back under control because, like I said, if I don't have sports this year, things might turn violent. Yeah, I'm going to be a grumpy person, yeah, for sure. So, again, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, We will see you next time right here on Hanging with D's. Hunter, see you later on.